Welcome to the PTA Elevation Podcast, where we help physical therapist assistant students pass the NPTE on the first try without wasting time or money. To learn more about the services we offer, find us on Facebook by searching PTA Board Study Group or fill out the form linked in the description. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's podcast. All right, guys, let's go over precautions. So I am recording this in June of 2023. Um, If anything changes, I will update this video, but I'm going to talk about precautions. I'm going to talk about some things um, that are slowly changing that might look different in the book that are showing up on boards. So I'm going to keep y'all updated. So we got this. Not much has really changed. Diseases don't change that much. So let's get into it. Um, biggest thing, wash your damn hands. That is going to be the biggest thing. And like if the boards is talking about what's the number one way to prevent any sort of nosocomial infections, which is a hospital acquired infection. If they're talking about that, number one thing is wash your damn hands. So hand washing. And I'll talk about exactly how they want you to hand wash. But again, remember, nosocomial infections, so hospital acquired, acquired infections are 100% the fault of the healthcare provider. Even though intentionally you were not trying to get your patients sick or anything like that, it is 100% the healthcare provider's fault that these diseases get spread around because these people would not get this disease if they weren't in the hospital. So this is why big thing need to be taken with hand washing. Boards will put a huge emphasis on this. Wash your damn hands, homies. Anyways, standard precautions are the first thing we're going to talk about. So standard precautions are what you should use with every patient, regardless of diagnosis, to protect yourself from basically the bodily fluids, all the gross gush and gunk coming out. So um, this is for if you are unsure of what the patient even has, if like test results haven't come back yet, if you're treating them and like you find a random patient on the floor, what do you do? Take standard precautions with every single patient. Step one, Wash the damn hands. This is going to be the big thing with everybody. Use an antimicrobial soap if it's available to you and wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. They say that that's sing the happy birthday song twice, at least to make sure you get there. Honestly, try and do it more than 30 seconds. Get under your nails and between your fingers, the back of your hands, get all the crusty, gross, funky areas. Get that done. Uh, gloves. So you can wear latex gloves, but be aware if the patient has a latex allergy, you're going to have to wear a different type of glove. Um, usually, I think most of the gloves that they try to have, like they try to find non-latex ones in most places that I've worked. But again, the board's just going to be regular run-of-the-mill gloves. Um, gloves are only used with that one patient and should be changed anytime you come in contact the different patient. Um, gloves should be used if you're going to be in contact with any sort of bodily fluids. I don't know anybody who wants to raw dogs and bodily fluids. Actually, I, I do have a neuroscience professor that'll just pick up the brains without using without using gloves and she'll be like, oh yeah, out of the formaldehyde. And I'm like, homegirl. So um, you are not, you are not my girl, Jesse. You are going to use gloves for everything. Um, you're going to be using gloves because you don't want to transmit whatever infection the patient has to yourself. Um, and, and again, change your gloves between each patient. Wear a mask of some sort, like uh, generally for standard precautions, the surgical mask, um, face shield, eye protection, all of that stuff to pre- prevent from all the gushing gunk flying at face. Um yeah, gross. We are protecting ourselves from splashing bodily fluid. Yay. Um, gown. So again, you guys can see how this is in the safety section of the NPT. You'll wear a gown. So, you know, those like, you know, isolation gowns or whatever, those like yellow ones, y'all know. 
some my, I have one classmate that was like this was my color I'm like okay but uh those yellow gowns so you're going to protect you against any of those bodily fluids uh the front of the gown remember the front of the gown above the waist is sterile um the sleeves of the gown are going to be sterile as well the back of the gown is not sterile and below the waist is also not sterile again that's why everybody you see they go into the surgical room they have their hands up right in front of their face if you watch any episode of Grey's Anatomy when they go into the OR they're like this they're maintaining the sterile field um so just remember that now airborne precautions you're going to take all of your standard precautions and add more fun things on top of it so uh hand washing gloves gown we'll get into the mask thing in a minute uh airborne precautions are going to be used for patients who have the main one on the board is going to be tuberculosis okay because that will show up that's why everybody gotta get that ppd i just had my second two-step ppd read today everybody got to get the ppd to go in their clinicals and whatnot that's because of this this homegirl right here tuberculosis varicella again another <laughs> Another one of those airborne precautions that we want to make sure we're not getting. That is a gross disease. Um, Y'all don't want either one of these, but, but varicella is gross. Uh, standard precautions again. And then on top of that, you'll wear a very specific mask. I have one of the um, N95 masks over here. You also might be fitted with an N95 respirator or any other sort of respirator to prevent transmission of the disease. Anybody who is working in early COVID times knows exactly what this is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. We're throwing it back, guys. So again, mass is required because it is transmitted through talking, coughing, breathing, just like being in someone's space, sharing air with them. Yeah, that's how it spreads. So you got to protect your face from that nose and mouth. Put your damn mask over your nose, people. We'll protect you especially from these airborne precautions. The room modification, so there's going to be specific room modifications for these patients. Again, you'll be in an isolated room, um, so there's nobody else in it, just the patient. Negative pressure room, so sometimes they'll have like that plastic all around it to decrease the pressure of the room and stuff like that. And again, remember, it's going to be a negative pressure room. Um, the air in the room is going to be circulated and cleaned and purified every like like six times an hour, six to twelve. That's that's what the the rules say. I don't know how much they actually do, but it should be six to twelve. Um, if we're going to go by book rules, and the room door remains closed, that means you go in and you immediately close that door. Immediately, everybody has their whole PPE donned before they even get into the room. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And so you will not take anything from in fr from the outside. So if you're taking measurements on this patient, you got to put them in the old noggin. If you are writing stuff down on a piece of paper, that piece of paper stays in the room and you're going to stare at it. If you need to write it down, you got to stare at it. Yeah, yeah. Doing an eval on this patient, it's going to be wild. Doing some re-eval on this patient, going to be wild. If you have to do any of that stuff. It's crazy. Um, again, we're not doing evals or anything as PTAs, but I'm just imagining that's a lot of memorization. So you're going to have to make sure that if you're doing anything with this patient, everything stays in their room. Maybe they're like, I don't know, they have like their bands and stuff like that. You're keeping that in the patient's room. Um, again, the patient will ideally, we're trying to have the patient wear a mask as well. I know when this the book was probably written. They were like, oh, patient might need to wear a mask. No, patient's wearing a freaking mask right now if they're able to. Um, sometimes patients can't because they're hooked up to so many different machines to be helping out. But if they're able to, they're wearing a mask as well. Um, and again, 
if the patient has to leave the room, they are they mandatory wearing a mask um, and you're trying to try to keep people out of the way. Again, they'll try to do as much testing as they can in the patient's room, like blood draws, um, other different types of tests. They will, they will try to bring everything to the patient's room. So that's airborne precautions. Droplet precautions is our next type of precautions. Um, this is used for patients with various different types of bacterial and viral infections. Um, there's a, an exhaustive list. If you use either the scoreboarders book or therapy ed book, there is a long list of um, these. But the most common ones I see on the boards that show up are any sort of type of influenza, any type of pneumonia, both of the meningitises. Um, if a patient becomes septic for any reason, which is usually bacterial infection um, in the, of the blood, that's usually what's happening. Um, any of the different types of strep, staph infections, all of that sort of stuff. Um, pertussis, again, whooping cough, um, mumps, measles, rubella, so that's our MMR. And then COVID-19 is also considered droplet precaution. Um, COVID-19 has not showed up on the boards yet, so I can imagine it will, probably eventually, but right now I haven't seen it. So still in the clear, but again, droplet precautions. And so with this, you will use all of your standard precautions for this patient. So hand washing, mask, glove, gown. Again, you don't need a specific special type of mask. A surgical mask is totally fine for this type of patient. Um, again, with this patient, it is recommended that you're using eye, hair, foot protection. So a cap, you're using the goggles, you're putting little booties on and everything like that to just because it, it gets on you. It's nasty. You don't want that. Um, this dude all is splashing. Yeah, splashing. Ugh, I hate this. Um, so room modifications, they can be in a room with somebody, but they both have to be, they have to be equally diseased with the same condition. So if you have two patients in a room who both have, you know, COVID, as we know, like anybody's had COVID, if you're in your house and like your spouse or something got COVID, you're like, well, we in this together. So not going to make either one of us worth, worse. It is what it is. We both infected at this point. Same thing for all these other infections. So as long as a person has like the exact same disease, um, you're good. Sorry about that pause. Um, so again, the room door can be open for this patient. You probably want to keep this closed, but because here's the thing, Droplets are said to settle within three feet of when the person coughs. That's why everybody said stay six feet apart because nobody can actually understand what six feet is. Um, so nobody can actually understand what three feet is. So they say six feet, so then you're at least three feet away and then you're probably good. And then at that point, they hope that everybody stays far away from each other. Um, so again, you're going to maintain at least three foot distance between yourself and the patient if possible. If you have to be like within three feet of them, obviously you're wearing all this PPE, but especially a mask. Number one thing is a mask because last thing you want is a patient cough in your face and then you're like, well, now I'm diseased um, because that's how you're going to get it. Uh, and so have the patient wear a mask as well. I'm recommending this. The CDC is now recommending this. The board has adopted this as well. Um, so try to have the patient wear a mask unless like obviously like everything is not permitting this to happen. And they need to wear one if they're going to leave the room for like a CT scan or something like that. Um, and again, mask mandatory for anybody working within three feet of the patient. All right. So over here, if you're watching this on YouTube or like in the course, I have my little C. diff thing. So there's this website that does giant microbes and they like, 
they um they make these little plush toys of all these diseases so like we got one for like my professor or like my teacher in high school and um it was MRSA and he was it was, it was a really cute little microbe but if you guys see these they're kind of they're kind of cute and funny um but I didn't want to put up the actual picture of C. diff because it was making me want to puke so I didn't want to look at it so here is my little plushy microbe um because C. diff is like the number one thing that they will use for contact precautions um on the board so again contact precautions are used for patients with any sort of GI or integumentary diseases. Most common ones I see are going to be Colostridium difficile is the official name for C. diff. Um, Escherichia, Escherichia coli is E. coli. Um, Y'all see that I like the abbreviation better. So we got E. coli, C. diff. Um, we got shingles as well. We got hepatitis A because hepatitis A is the one that's transmitted through the fecal oral route. Um, so yeah, wash your damn hands because you get this because somebody who's making your food doesn't wash their hands and they have hep A and they had just gone to the bathroom and basically pooped and then they came back and they didn't wash their hands and they got their poop hands making your food and then you eat that and that's how it goes from the fecal oral route. Yeah, nasty, get nasty. That is why there's always that sign. Employees must wash hands after using the restroom in every single restaurant you go to um, because of this. Yeah, nasty, nasty. Now you're like, I don't want to go out to dinner. Um, diphtheria is another one. Herpes, both all types of herpes, as we know, you know, sexually transmitted herpes, as well as herpes that you get on your face. It's the same virus. Um, but both of those obviously have to contact in some sort of way to get those. Uh, impetigo or impetigo, however we want to pronounce it, is like those weeping blisters that show up all over people's face. Um, you see it a lot in kids. It's, it's oh, it's nasty. Um, it's kind of similar, like hand, foot, mouth disease. Oh, gross. Um, pediculosis, scabies. Yeah. Oh my God. Gross things. Uh, zopi, zoster, so herpes zoster. And then Ebola, which is super rare, but it's contact. I got to throw that in there because of all the Ebola thing in 2012. Um, standard precautions are going to be required for this. We're going to have hand washing, gloves, and gown. Mask is not needed just based on the, um, you know, it, it's, it's you have to contact the person like touching them and stuff like that so unless you're like kissing this patient like in places um you're not going to need to worry about uh, a mask or anything so that's why anytime you're treating a patient with c diff you're just wearing gloves and gown um it's not in droplet form uh it has to be like touching so unless you're touching your face to a patient which i don't know any patient that i'm touching their face um with my face you good. Uh, room modifications, they can be in the room with another person with the same disease. A lot of times in the hospital, you'll see two people with C. diff. Um, and C. diff is the most commonly, most commonly distributed nosocomial infection. So wash your damn hands, homies. Wash your damn hands. So you must do hand washing before and after leaving this room because if you touch the door, boom, disease. If you come in and you've touched the door and some other healthcare provider had just touched the door after they left with their dirty ass hands. And then, ooh, now you're diseased. Now we're all diseased. So wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. If you get anything from this, wash your hands. Um, you'll be able to have the room door open though um, because it's not uh, airborne. And then try to keep the patient equipment in the room because it's all disease. It's contact. They've touched it and everything. It's disease. Um, so try to keep it in the room and minimize patient transport. Although like if they're transporting somewhere, it's not like they have to wear a mask, but like diseases, gross. Anyways, let's go into our sample question. So a physical therapist assistant is treating a patient diagnosed with tuberculosis. Which of the following types of precautions is most appropriate to use with this patient? One, place the patient in a positive pressure room. 
Two, wear a surgical mask. Three, gloves. Or four, keep the door open while treating this patient. So I'll give you guys a second to think about this. All right, guys, so the answer is going to be gloves. Let's walk through these different answers and let's talk about them. Um, so you want to place the patient in a negative pressure room. So that's super important. Uh, it's not going to be positive pressure. It's going to be negative pressure. So don't let one word have you get the answer wrong. Uh, wearing a surgical mask. So a surgical mask is appropriate for our uh, droplet precautions, but it is absolutely not appropriate for our airborne precautions. It'll get right on through and then boom, you're diseased. You need to wear that N95 mask or respirator. Um, to avoid contracting the disease, to make sure you are adequately, like you have to be fitted for these masks to make sure that you're not going to be getting any sort of uh, diseases. Gloves, obviously. Gloves, everything. Always gloves. Always gloves. Always gloves. Somebody else is like, do I need gloves? Yes. Always gloves. Gloves, gloves, gloves. Always gloves. Um, and then keep the door open while treating this patient. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Got to close the door. Um, the other patients, you can have the door open, but for this patient, you need to have the door closed. Alrighty. Um, that's it. That's it for this one. I do want to put a caveat to the gloves question. So there's a question that sometimes shows up on some practice tests when you're treating a patient with HIV, which precautions should you wear with them? Well, HIV has to be transmitted sexually. So if you're just treating a patient, outpatient physical therapy, and they happen to have HIV, you don't need to wear any sort of precautions with them. They're fine. Um, unless they have an active bleed or something like that, you're good. You're not going to get infected. It's fine. Just want to throw a caveat on that um, before I wrap this up. So let me know if you have any questions, guys. Hope you enjoyed and I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.